Welcome to the Collections by Michelle Brown show. A show about people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality as they create change. This episode is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services. by Michelle Brown. Each week, we'll be talking with people living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of their intersectionality and creating change. This week, we're once again with community activist, journalist, and founder of Yaktown Yoga, Elizabeth Crenshaw. Yaktown Yoga provides community-based yoga in Pontiac, Auburn Hills, and the surrounding communities in the metropolitan Detroit area. Its mission is to reach out into the community and make yoga accessible to everyone, to create a safe and inclusive space for students, and to bring healing to underserved communities. Um, I think it's important to, you know, to be able to reach underserved communities in this time. Don't you agree, Kizzy? It definitely is crucial in this time, Michelle. In this new normal, we may find ourselves experiencing a whirlwind of emotions, fear, hopelessness, gratitude, confusion. In your conversation with her this episode, Elizabeth shares her sage advice for coping during this unsettling time, shedding light on ways we can maintain our sense of emotional stability and community. That's right, Kizzy. As a journalist and entrepreneur, She's chronicling the stories of her neighbors and how the city of Pontiac is pulling together to support one another during these challenging times. She believes it's time to tune into ourselves, mentally, physically, and emotionally. Elizabeth, welcome back to Collections by Michelle Brown. How are you today? I'm doing okay. Thanks for asking. Well, uh, you know, and I thought of you as doing this type of show because, first of all, you do journalism and you also do yoga. And um, you have a lot of people now who, because of this um, self-isolation, I mean, Uh what you're doing is you're watching the news and you're getting bombarded with this. And I hear from people often who are very anxious, who don't know what to do, people who have been, like, physically active. I have a friend who goes and works out every day, and, of course, now all the gyms and stuff are doing are closed, you know, and they are like, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself, and people who are homeschooling. And when we talked before, one of the things that you talked about how yoga helped you cope, you know, often like coping as an athlete and, help you find compassion, help you feel another way. And we also talked about storytelling. And in this time, I know because of the journalism, how do you discern what you want to listen to and hear and follow up on as opposed to what really matters? And and what do you think that we're not hearing? Well, for most importantly for me, I like to cover all mediums, meaning there's not a specific story right now during this time of coronavirus, the COVID-19, that is out of reach. I think it's important to understand things, things from a national level, state level, um, county level, uh, as well as what's happening in individual communities, uh, those hidden stories about people who are going above and beyond to make sure people are being taken care of, uh, the volunteers and the different nonprofits that are setting up shots to make sure people are having food and having personal needs items for those individuals um, in the faith community that are setting up food drives and prayer services. Those are important stories to share as well. So even though there is a growing number of cases with COVID, um, that's important to share, but it's also important to share the, the human element and how it truly impacts the lives of, 
of people around us and our families, immediate families, and even our colleagues on an everyday basis. You know, you and I, I mean, you know, I write also, and, you know, and as I'm trying to do it, and I think a lot about words. And at a certain point in time, and, you know, and it's sort of like, it sort of goes, you build, words help me to me, like, bring, build the atmosphere around me and what I want to bring into my life. And I think that early, one of the things that, that troubled me a lot was hearing over and over again the word scared. I mean, and just seeing people who were like, who were like scared. And I mean, I understand that being, feeling cautious, being fearful, but scared has another connotation to it. And particularly when you're going home and you're isolated and you hear this word, you know, being bombarded with it, it changes your psyche. How important do you find and what is a shift in words that you'd like to hear, you know, other than showing these stories of compassion and doing it, that to take us away from that being scared? Because also with scared, people do ugly things when they're scared. And we've seen this in people feeling, uh, seeing attacks on people who are of Asian descent and things like that. So what do you see as words and how do we use them differently to not only affect the stories that we're telling, but how we deal with our own selves, the aura around us. Well, as we try to navigate our anxiety about the coronavirus, uh, there's one quote that sticks out to me, and it was by a Vietnamese Zen master. And this Zen master said, when the crowded Vietnamese refugee boats met with storms or pirates, if everyone panicked, all would be lost. But even if one person on the boat remained calmed and centered, it was enough. So it showed the way for everyone to survive. So for me, it's important in the work that I do, whether it's from the journalism piece, the communications piece, the yoga piece, is to be that light, that guiding light, kind of like the lighthouse where you are showing people that path, that you are being relatable, being transparent, but your words have power. And you have to be mindful in your, or your approach and your use of words, too. Um, fear of the unknown, major changes in our circumstances, this COVID-19 pandemic that we're in right now, it brings a lot of uncertainty about the future. There's a lot of negative attitudes. There's stress that seeps in. But most importantly, we can minimize that damage and impact by how we use our words, the word choices that we use without panicking, just taking a moment to not react. And even going through this time right now is even walking in compassion and love and being appreciative, especially for those who are frontline workers, frontline um, responders, those of the first responders, those who are out there every day, um, even journalists being out there uh, amongst the people and getting the story told. I know there's ways where We've minimized that by doing a lot of Skype, a lot of phone interviews, but, but really just giving that message to the world to let them know that this is happening, but there's not a reason to panic. We will get through this together if we all work through it together, if we all practice the safety tips and we social distance and we practice washing our hands regularly at least 20 seconds and, and repetitively do that and try to minimize the exposure and to have the sense of calmness that we bring, it really can do a domino effect and really help to change the, the environment of our world right now. You know, I, and I think of it too. I was in a Kroger's, and there, it was before they started the time for, like, for seniors. But there was an, an, an elder who was looking at this shelf, and she was like, there's nothing here. I'm scared. This, is this the end? And it was like, and then she turned in at the, the person who was stocking it and was almost, like, angry with him, like, because there wasn't the stuff there. And, and, and she kept saying, you know, I, I don't believe this. This is so scary. How come you don't have this? Don't you know? And I said, you know, you know, and, and, and I found myself compelled to, like, sort of talk to her in a different way and say, I know, this is sort of fearful, you know. What are you looking for? And to sort of talk in that other way. 
and and offer an alternative to what she was looking for. And I said, you know, I like this. And, you know, then turning to the person who was working there, and he was like, yeah, well, we do have that. It's over here. And, you know, it's just like each of us, if we're mindful of what comes out of our mouth and how it doesn't just come out of our mouth, it's out there in the air, that you can do something for that. You know, and I know that you do a lot of things and you're seeing people like that. As I was feeling that, that compulsion to sort of like change the dialogue, do you feel that as you go about and you're talking with colleagues, even like with, if it's over social media, like in, and they're saying, you know, we have to do this. Do you find, and you do have that background in yoga and, and mindfulness, that do you feel compelled to sort of like interject that? Like, okay, let's put a little kindness in here. I do. Uh, I'm grateful not only for my background in yoga, but for my faith. And I think that has given me uh, a sense where I can find peace in the middle of the storm, where I can feel comfortable with being uncomfortable and Mm. being comfortable with not knowing all the answers or where our next step may be. Um, During this time, I'm Stories change. Um, The amount of cases can change day by day. The regulations change day by day. So there is this sense of uncertainty. There's a sense of we have no control. And a lot of times that's intimidating, um, especially when you're on the front line and you have to go home to family members and there's always this fear in your lives of, you know, am I going to transmit this virus to my family? So there's a lot of seeds that people are dealing with right now, not only just staying at home and just being inside, but also this sense of, oh, my goodness, would I, am I going to catch this? You know, am I going to spread it to my family members? You know, how can I keep my loved ones uh, safe? Or, you know, if I have anyone in my family with compromised immune systems or that are elderly, you know, how can I, you know, still show compassion and be there for them in this time of social distancing? So I, I do see it among my colleagues, and I do see it among friends that there is a sense of, uncertainty, there is a sense of, you know, vulnerability and true emotions that come out, meaning that people generally are scared at times. And and the key thing is just being that strength component for them. I'm thankful for my yoga practice and my ability to have been in this journey of yoga for a long time. And I have that ability to understand the the purpose of self-care and to share those tidbits with my colleagues to, you know, it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to be fearful. It's okay to feel those emotions, but it's how do we tap into those emotions so they don't transpire into other things within our body or that they don't take us over. And important, most importantly is taking those elements. If maybe today I'm overwhelmed, you know, taking a step back and maybe today's the day I need to take a break, you know, just for my own well-being. Another thing is having that non-attachment. Going back to the story you mentioned about um, the woman in Kroger's is we live in a time where people are so fearful that there's this growing need to hoard where people are taking more than enough. And in in yoga, there is a practice of non-attachment, letting go of this desire to have these things and to hoard and to to hold on to prevent other people from having that. And and most importantly today, it it does cause problems for people who truly need it. Um, I work with a lot of organizations that do a lot of food drives and do a lot of outreach work and, you know, to see all their hard efforts because sometimes people become a little greedy and they do hold back. But that's one of the, the really big teachings in yoga is to be able to let go, to be able to not hold on to stuff. It's like, why do we need all of this? But we need enough to keep us going, but we also need to be, 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 to be in, in control of the amount of things that we have so that we're not taking away from anyone else. You know, we've, we've often shared, you know, about the importance of storytelling. And, you know, and that's the other thing that I think of, like, with, with some of our elders. I kind of think, like, if my grandmother was here, you know, she'd just sort of be rolling with it, you know, because particularly for communities of color, particularly for black people, we have gone through periods where we had to, as they say, make a way out of no way, how we had to build community. And often, like, those stories haven't gotten passed down. 
or we don't want to talk about those stories because, you know, now we're, we're doing mobile and we're doing this, that, and the other. And, you know, so we don't want to talk about the days when, you know, uh, you know, grandma sliced uh, the bread real thin or the ham real thin so there was enough for everybody. You know, and it's what, how do we capture, bring that, that's part of our history. How do we bring those stories in, but then, like, do it sort of intergenerationally because, I mean, that's one of the things that I see that could probably help now to be able to talk and share our stories. Is there a way that we can do that to, to help us recognize, you know, like, as they say, this too shall pass. We're going to come out of it at a different space than where we are today. But, you know, we're strong, resilient people. It's important today that we keep sharing stories, whether you share the story, I share the story, friends share the story, but the beauty of the generation that we live in right now and the times that we're living in is that we have the ability to blog, we have the ability to write online, we have the ability to share things through social media, through various platforms like Facebook and Twitter. Uh, in Instagram, we have that capability to reach a large mass of people at one time compared to the past. So it's important that, you know, today that we continue to share stories. All it takes is one person to share that journey and then another person to share it, but not forget forgetting the history, not forgetting where we came from, and just really keeping that story alive by continuing it generation through generation. Uh, the beauty of storytelling is every person that you meet has a story to share. Every person has a journey. Every person has a testimony. Every person has something that they can offer someone else. And it's really important to captivate those moments, to captivate the history that we've been through, and, and to just share it to others so that we can move forward. Uh, a lot of things boil down to history because we learn history because we don't want to repeat the same things in our past. So it's important to understand our past so that we can move forward to improve and to encourage, you know, the younger generation, you know, to not repeat those same mistakes, to elevate to new levels. And it just starts by just allowing our voice to be heard and being comfortable with just saying something. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, who do you – and are you reaching out to people? And I'm, I know that I've become – guilty of a lot of people, like I have texted them or, or a private message them so much that I think I've talked to them, and I haven't. And so I am, like, taking a moment to pick up the phone and actually call someone, and they're, and they're almost, like, shocked to hear my voice. What are you doing to stay connected to friends, family, community? For me, I like to do, I like to use a lot of different mediums. I, nothing beats picking up the phone and calling somebody when they can physically hear your voice, when they can hear the tone and, and really feel that emotional connection through the phone. I think that we live in a world where social media has really taken away of this intimacy of personal connection. During this time, it's, it's really crucial to have those intimate moments. So if you don't have that ability to have a video conference, to Zoom, or to, to chat on social media with someone, the phone call is so wonderful because you can have that voice and you can talk and, and, and feel that person from that standpoint. Uh, video is also awesome, too, since this time we're practicing the social distancing to really see that person and engage and to keep that connection going. Um, contacting them through email, contacting them through Facebook, uh, making sure that you continually reach out. It's really important during this time of self-quarantine and um, practicing social distancing that you don't forget about people. Isolation is one of the biggest things that stems into depression and an increase Mm -hmm. in suicide because people are to themselves. So it's, it's hard to deal with sometimes if you feel alone and, and there's nobody there. So this is the most important time right now to really reach out to your loved ones. And not only your, not only your loved ones, but your friends and your grandparents and, and even your neighbors because you never know what somebody's going through. You don't know their inner struggles. You don't know how corona is affecting them right now. You don't know how they may be feeling mentally, emotionally. So it's important to have those conversations with your loved ones, with your neighbors, with your colleagues, 
with those in your life, even if you so happen to go out and you need to go to the grocery store, but just really being appreciative and checking in with people and to let people know that you do care and that we're all in this together right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we're going to take our first break, but I want to talk a little bit more about what we can do in this time and in part with a lot of what Yet Town Yoga does. So we'll be right back. This episode of Collections by Michelle Brown is brought to you in partnership with the Center for Peace Counseling and Holistic Healing Services, bringing balance to your mind, body, and spirit. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit the Center at www.thecenterforpeacellc.com. back here on Collections by Michelle Brown, and we're once again talking with Elizabeth Crenshaw, and she does Town Yoga, and one of the things that I like about Town Yoga, it was like community-based, and you didn't just do it like, you know, it was something where you didn't have to have a fancy gym membership or being like this, you did it in different spaces, and it really helped to, to pull people together. And, you know, you help build that sense of community. Now we're doing not only social distancing, but really we're being asked to stay inside. Those people who you saw, that sense of community that you, that people felt, what were they getting from that coming to these spaces? And what can they do now? I mean, you know, like we talked about, you know, this being isolated can lead to depression to doing this where just coming and getting your mat and being in a group of people can lift you up. What do you see now? And what can people do to keep that going? How are you keeping that, that, that community, that yoga community that you found in these different spaces together? Most importantly during this time, I, I do a lot of, Zoom or video um, conferencing with with community members, doing those checkpoints, doing guided meditations. Um, right now, fear of the unknown, again, it's one of the major changes in our circumstances and the uncertainty of our future, especially with the coronavirus, that leads to stress in our lives. So when we're fearful or when there's restlessness in our mind, the first step is to calm our sympathetic nervous system. So instead of this fight-or-flight response, we must try to get our body into a rest and digest mode. And that is when the state is when we're well, we're sleeping soundly, we're breathing calmer, slower, and our heart rate is more rested. And we're overall feeling more balanced and centered. And we can experience this shift even during this time of coronavirus where we have more of a peace of mind and acceptance. So I can even expound on that a little bit further and give you a little anatomy lesson with that just to go a little bit deeper mm-hmm. so in our nervous system we have the autonomic nervous system which controls all of our bodies and voluntary functions like respiratory rate heart rate blood pressure gastric juice secretion body temperature just some of the things so the autonomic nervous system has two main branches we have the sympathetic and then the parasympathetic so when we feel stress our brain activates the sympathetic nervous system which Again, it's called that fight-or-flight response. So during this time, we, ha- we have the adrenal medulla that secretes adrenaline in our body, and that's called epinephrine, and that's a hormone that circulates to the body. So that gives us this feeling of our body being pumped up to fight or run, and our mind is hyper-alert. And this is good to have for soldiers and if we're in life-or-death situations or maybe for a SWAT team. Um, and once that's over, our body returns to homeostasis and we're reestablished. But the problem now is that we're living in this fight or flight and people are just anxious all the time. So we're tapping into that sympathetic nervous system. And when we're fearful, that's all we're based in. So what I'm doing a lot right now is encouraging people to work on centering themselves 
Um, one way to do that is breathing. Um, breathing is one of the most helpful bases to get out of our heads and out of our thoughts and back into our senses and bodies. And as we're able to do that, we're able to relax and let go. And that's one of the biggest pieces right now, um, even more so than the physical, but that piece of breathing and tapping into the meditative base to really keep us calm and sane in this time of uncertainty. Now, you know, because I've talked to people who are like, well, you know, all I can do is sit at home. And, you know, and, and, they, and they say, well, I'm not really doing anything. I'm just sort of sitting there. But there's, when you listen to them talk, you can hear there's a, that anxiety. It's not like that fight or flight, but there's like that feeling trapped and at home. Is, 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 that, is that a version of the fight, fight or flight that they're dealing with to where, like, they go and all they're doing is, like, sitting at home, sitting in front of the television, watching something that, even though they say, well, I'm not out doing anything or whatever, but watching that, it's sort of a different kind of of anxiety that they might not be aware of? Yes. So being inside, that automatically puts up this barrier of fear and resistance in our body is automatically going into that response system, which is similar to the fight the fight or flight response. So your body is already at alert. You're like, I'm inside. I don't know what to do. So it's the very same thing. And the problem is that we stay in that zone where people are just anxious and they don't know how to deal with that. So one of the most important things I encourage people to do is even though you're inside is to get yourself on a routine, you know, to normalize your life, you know. Um, now is the time that maybe if there's some things that you wanted to take advantage of to learn or there's some things that you've been putting off on the back burner, to try some new things, to, to set some goals, to write down some plans of things that you want to accomplish. You might journal. You might read a book. You might even watch a film or something that you've never had the time to do. It's a great time to bond with your family, connect with them as well. Uh, but most importantly, is even teaching um, people how to deal with, you know, just breathing and just noticing that when you feel those moments of sensitivity, when you feel those moments when your mind's racing and you're just feeling like, I just need to get out the house, I just can't do this anymore, I'm left in this space, it's just to take a moment and to honor how you feel, honor those, mo- those emotions, and just give yourself a time to breathe. A lot of times we are just so anxious and we're so in our head and our minds racing, but if you take a, take a moment and you just pause. And for instance, if you just really start to focus on taking long, deep breaths, you could start with taking at least three full breaths, counting to five with the inhale, and then counting to five with the exhale. And with the exhale, intentionally releasing tension, and that starts to calm down the nervous system. So our breath, again, is that most important piece to get us back to where we need to be to really bring us to that home base. You know, it's important to calm us. It's important if you're working out. It's important in every aspect of your life. There's so much power and there's so much teaching in how we breathe and how we use our breath. Mm. You know, because I've, I've talked to friends and stuff, and, and it's interesting, the other part, many of them are saying, it's like, you'll go to sleep. And then they wake up like in the middle of it. They've been waking up in the middle like thinking about either like all the things that they 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 could be doing or what these, you know, how long are they going to be stuck at home and everything like that. Is that something like if they, they set up their day and like maybe did something like a breathing thing and, and some type of a physical exercise, either whether if it's something as calming and getting in touch with yourself as yoga or just doing something, like how you're saying like set up your day, is that something that would help offset that waking up in the middle of the night with, you know, a gazillion things on your mind and then also the, the craziness because, you know, you can't go out and do anything? Yeah. So the breathing and the practice of meditation and mindfulness is one way we can tap into controlling those racing thoughts in our mind. A lot of time when we're not able to sleep at night, it's, you know, we're anxious, we're, we have a lot on our mind, where there's a lot that we're holding into. And until we tap into those things, you might not be able to, to sleep 
comfortably. Um, we have the element now of coronavirus, the COVID, so you have the fear base, you have this element where you're inside, so you have two things that are now in your life on top of everything else, on top of being with family and taking care of family. So there's a lot of responsibilities and, and extra things that are put on people today. So what's most importantly is for us to take the time to have moments of self-care moments to breathe, uh, moments to move our body. Our body is designed to move, whether you're practicing yoga, whether you're walking, running, whether you're doing some calisthenics at home, whether you're doing workouts. I just encourage you to move your body. You might not be the yoga type, and that's okay. There's movement for everybody, but the most important thing is to really start to bring our attention to our breath, to take the moments to pause, and to take time to move our bodies because our bodies are designed to move. So when we move, we're able to get the blood flowing, we're able to get those happy endorphins kicking, and to shift that expectation of just being stuck inside. We shift and change that narrative just by getting our body moving, just by breathing, just by staying present in the right now. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I know that one of the things, too, that, that I find that, that's just like it's a yin-yang thing, that one of the things that put people at risk are, I mean, some of the things that put people at risk are things that if you are in a community of color, if you particularly live in an urban area, if you're poor, you know, diet can lead to diabetes, high blood pressure, all of these. And they're talking about how they say that often people whose system might be compromised. And we do have, you know, people who are poor who aren't getting adequate Healthcare, so they might not be as healthy and strong as it is. How, I mean, besides, you know, doing this, isn't this a good time to start, you know, maybe start to talk and think about what we're eating and, and how we're doing and how do we take care of these conditions like diabetes and, and high blood pressure that could also weaken us and make us where if we should contract COVID-19, we can ride it, and we can ride through it. We aren't going to become the most vulnerable. You see these people, which is, you know, why you're trying, you were trying to make, you know, with your, your Yaktown yoga, you were making it more accessible to people who, all people. How do we, you know, just sort of take this, not just as like just a moment in time to look at this one thing, but like I said, when we come out that through our new normal afterwards, that we're thinking about stress reduction, you know, moving our body, being mindful, but also being healthy. This time is, is a perfect reminder that it's never too late to start. Um, so even if you've been in situations where you may not have been eating the best, it's not too late to change those patterns. And a lot of times it's changing the patterns. Uh, it's a lot of times it's the education piece, so bringing the knowledge to the community and to implement ways on how you can eat healthier. Um, there's a lot of great organizations in, that are helping to bring in fresh produce in the community. Um, one organization in the city of Pontiac has Sprout Fresh Food Store, and they serve fresh food store in the, in the city of Pontiac, so they have a whole surplus of fresh produce that's brought in the city. They're also doing a lot of drives right now to help people that might not have the accessibility to get to the store have fresh produce to make sure it's accessible for them. So there's a lot of things in place right now that are that are trying to set this pattern up for people to change the mindset, to change the capacity of thinking of their their life and, and the aspects of physical, mental, emotional, even spiritually as well. So taking care of yourself physically, um, making sure that you're moving your body, making sure that you're breathing, making sure that you're active, mentally making sure that you have that self-check, that self-care, that you take the time to take a moment to breathe, um, to take a, take a moment to deal with those emotions. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be mm. fearful. But to know that it's okay to feel this way. It's okay to have emotional moments. Even as a journalist, even as a yoga teacher, yoga practitioner, yoga therapist, I have moments where 
you know, I might even cry. I have to check in and tap into what your body is telling you, what you need for yourself in that moment and acknowledging that. And I think it's really important in our community is to let people know that it's okay to feel a certain way. It's okay to deal with your emotions and feel your emotions. And for males, it's okay to even cry. It's okay to have those feelings. It doesn't mean you're less of a man if you cry. It doesn't mean you're less of a man if you feel a certain type of way. A lot of there's a lot of stigma around mental health um, in the community, mm-hmm. and I would say there's a lot of stigma around mental health in the black community as well. So it's breaking those barriers and educating people to let them know that it's okay to feel some way. It's okay to be depressed. It's okay to have those thoughts. But how can we help you move forward? How can we help you get out of those feelings and out of that space so that you can be as healthy as you can be and live your best life. And that's one of the most important things um, through Yacht Yoga is just really helping people be the best that they can be and to really make sure they're um, taking care of themselves from a total standpoint. You know, I like how you said that, that it's okay to feel because, you know, often you see people who, you know, it's, it's like it's either people who are paralyzed and scared or those people who are going like, you know, oh, it's nothing, I don't believe it, and who are being in some ways reckless with not only not recognized, not only are they being reckless with their own health, but that they could then take it back to someone whose uh, immune system is compromised, who could be a part of their family or just a part of their circle, but to understand that there's that place in between, to feel it, you know, feel it, and it's okay to cry and, and feel it. And I think, like you said, it's very hard. There's stigmas on both to, you know, that's in that mental health range. And that to say it's okay to feel it and to have places to where you can communicate that with. Um, How, you know, I hear, you know, like I know for mental health now, they're allowing them to do like um, by uh, telephone and even in some things like using like Skype and, and these other things, how important is that mental health piece? Because you hear everyone's talking about testing, everyone's talking about, you know, coming up with some type of a cure, but how important is it to the overall healing, you know, is mental health? Mental health is so important. Sometimes it's put on the back burner. Um, we we do a lot for our physical health. Our physical health, uh, we we really have those checkpoints to get your checkup with your doctor to check in. But when you really think about it, how many times do you really hear someone talking about a mental health check-in, or I you know had a checkup for my mental health piece? There really aren't a lot of conversations around that. Um, Today, it's, it's even more important just due to the times that we're living in the United States throughout the globe of the pandemic from coronavirus, where it has, effect, it has affected everyone's life. It has affected you. It has affected me. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter what nationality you are. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It has touched every person in this world. And by it touching every person in this world, it has affected us to a point where life might not be the same. You know, it has changed us to some capacity, and that stimulates into the mental piece as well. You have first responders, your doctors, your clinicians, your nurses, your nurse practitioners, your police, your sheriffs, your your custodial workers, your janitors. You have um, those out working in the stores, and I would call them all your first-line workers or first responders. Those are out there every single day. You know, some of those in the medical field, the administrative teams, those are, that are working long hours, some, some are working 72 hours straight, long shifts. And even for them, it's important for them to even have the opportunity to help have self-care as well because, you know, as you work to find the cure and as you work to save lives, it's so important that we all have these mental check-ins, that we all have conversations around how are you doing, and to really make sure that people are having those true transparent conversations and to talk about it um, and to talk about your children and make sure your children are okay, especially now that we've kind of altered our life. We're on this stay at home to, to be safe at the moment and, and teaching your kids, you know, and how to express those things to your children about, you know, how you have to take care of yourself now and be extra precautious and to be safe. 
So mental health is really, really important right now. It is very crucial right now. It's important to have those checkpoints. It's important that we don't have loved ones go down that slippery slope of depression and to not be able to come out, out of that and, and to be able to help them navigate and to get help that they need. And that's really crucial right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I've been talking to people, and, and one of the things that, that I've heard even before this all broke up, people are talking about revolutionary wellness and that we're thinking more about just like traditional you know, health care being part of wellness, so that, you know, when you look at things that, like you said, like mental health, that needs to be a part of it. Um, we talk about um, not their food deserts and how people aren't, don't have good nutrition. And a lot of, as you look at this, you see that it points out to a lot of the inequalities where this is almost like also a social justice issue. I was talking to someone the other day who, and we were talking about how um, they're going to make one of those drive-through places for testing. There's a lot of them, but they were also talking about making one at the state fairgrounds. And this was someone who was from Detroit, and she said, well, you know, I would love to be able to go to a drive-through, you know, testing place, but I don't have a car. And, I, you know, I have to rely on buses and I can't go on the bus. And she said, you know, this is an economic issue that people don't understand that it has to be addressed. She said, I don't have access to something that could save my life. Do you, through all that you do, and I know that you are very involved and concerned about community, do you see this as a social justice uh, point in time to where we can really start to talk about some of these social justice issues in the context of dealing with this epidemic? Yes, I think a lot of the inequalities are brought to life right now uh, due to coronavirus. I think there's a lot of social inequality that has always been there, but I think a lot more is transparent now due to the times that we're living in. Um, For instance, you know, just the food accessibility and there's, people that might not have the ability to go to food drives because they don't have the transportation. But I would say I am grateful and I'm thankful for so many community members, so many organizations um, throughout Oakland County, throughout Wayne County, throughout Ingham County that are working hard to change that narrative, meaning that for those that can't get out, help is coming towards them. Um, For instance, in Pontiac, there's an emergency response team for Um, COVID-19, and they have been active in putting out resources for the community as far as what's available for food distribution, um, where you can go for help. They have been providing things for people that can't get out to certain events or distribution sites. Um, So there's a lot of people right now that are working behind the scenes. I've had people reach out to me, and then I've connected them with people. So during this time, a lot of things are highlighted as far as the disparity. But we also have to remember there are a lot of people that are doing hard work right now to change that and to make sure there's this accessibility for everyone to have all of their needs met, to to make sure that everybody has food, everybody has um, shelter, that everybody's needs are being taken care of this at this time right now that we're going through. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to take our, our second break, and when we come back, I want to talk about Yet Town Yoga and another aspect of this. So we'll be right back. Collections by Michelle Brown airs every Thursday at 7 p.m. You can subscribe now and listen to the podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Be sure to like the Collections by Michelle Brown Facebook page and mark your calendar so you never miss an episode.
And we're back here with Elizabeth Crenshaw here on Collections by Michelle Brown. You know, you were doing uh, Yet Town Yoga. Um, you are an entrepreneur in many ways. You know, you're busy doing this, that, and the other. Um, particularly for Yet Town Yoga, what has this meant for you? I mean, we see a lot of smart – I have friends who um, – are in service type things. They do like massage. They, I know someone else who does as a personal trainer. And for all intents and purposes, that part of what you were doing, you're not doing. What are you, how are you sustaining yourself and during this knowing that, hey, you know, you might have had four or five things planned, but now because of this, you can't do them. So, what, how has that impacted you from an entrepreneurial point of view? It has impacted Yaktown Yoga, but it also has shifted and elevated a new platform for Yaktown Yoga. Um, so since that, today we are not able to have large gatherings. We're not able to congregate in spaces right now just to minimize the exposure to COVID. One of the most important ways that we're able to connect with community members is, you know, through conversations, phone calls, through having Zoom conferences, through having, you know, videos that people can see, um, to having meditation sessions. I, I have a couple um, clients that I work with for yoga therapy that I do online with them and to do those check-in points so that they still have those connections that they need and we have the check-ins, but it's just a new direction now. Um, so services are still there, but it's a platform has shifted and changed. Um, and during this time, by it changing, you also have an opportunity to touch and reach another audience since the platform has shifted right now. What progress that you, had, that you saw that you were making when you were doing yoga in these different spaces and bringing different people in? of all ages, and it was intergenerational and all different abilities. What progress is that you saw you were making and the way you were able to do it, do you feel are lost, and do you think that you'll be able to get back to them? Will people, you know, that person who, who found it around the corner and was coming and, and reaching out, how are you going to, to, do you feel that that's lost or do you think that it can withstand this break? I don't think anything is ever a waste. I think that everything that you do, so I felt like everything I've done prior till now was planting seeds and nourishing and watering. And I think that every class, every opportunity, every encounter with every person I met in the community and every moment that I had a chance to inter interact with someone else was planting seeds and laying the foundation, um, preparing you for today. And, and what that means is that you never know how things may shift or change. The beauty of the foundation that I've been teaching is to let people understand and have the tools that they need to be able to shift with whatever life brings. So it's important to, to know that that's available for you. But what's really cool is how we've shifted. I've had people reach out to me and was like, I remember when you taught this in class and we had our one-on-one -on -one or our private or our group class and you told us to come to our breath and we felt a little anxious. And, you know, right now I felt a little anxious, but I remembered what you said and I came to my breath and I did some deep breathing and I felt better. So I've had people reach out to me and said that, you know, I remember those teachings. I remember some of the things that we've done and it's really helped me to sustain myself in this kind of turbulence that we're going through right now. Um, so I, I really see it as, you know, it's just, a setup for a future explosion of great things, meaning that um, it just laid the foundation. It's just a different trajectory that we're going to progress through. But overall, together as a community, we are going to get through this, and, and the work is going to just elevate into a new platform. Hmm. Now, you know, I love Pontiac because I think that you see Pontiac to me was like it had weathered storms, and it was coming together in, in so many really great ways that, that that you saw as far as the arts and, you know, different 
venues. I mean, there is a nice, you know, place where you could stop and go eat. You're a Pontiac girl, okay? How do you see your city? How, what are your concerns and what are your hopes for your city? I am a Pontiac girl. I I love the city of Pontiac. I love the people within Pontiac. There are so many amazing people in Pontiac, so many people that are passionate, that are driven, that are full of love, that are trying to change the narrative, that are trying to put Pontiac back on the map. The beauty of Pontiac, it is growing. Um, There are so many companies in Pontiac that have really kind of took it to another level. Um, it's it's the technology technology hub mm. for for Oakland County at center. Amazon is going to be opening down the road. United Shores there. You have a lot of engineering firms. You have a, a lot of great places to go for arts and and theater and and concerts. Um, a lot of restaurants are blooming. Um, it's it's really a, a growth center. It's it's a place where where people are passionate about their talents and gifts and are sharing it to people throughout the city. Um, For instance, there is a a designer in the city of Pontiac, and he has the company Yaktown Don't Back Down, and it's amazing Mm. to see his his growth and the reach of, of... of his company and, you know, seeing how the city has rallied around that. And, you know, even right now through this time, it's like people are like, yeah, come on back down. We're in this together. We're going to help you through this. And it's really cool to see um, the people within the city of Pontiac coming together through this time of need. There's so many hard workers in the city right now that are working around the clock to provide services for those in need through this coronavirus. Um, There's so many people, you know, from law enforcement to the health piece that are doing so many things to really make sure that the the residents and the members of this community are taken care of and they're doing those check-ins and they're and they're just so passionate about it. I am thrilled for the city. I think the city is going to have a resurgence. I think that there's so many great things that are happening behind the, the scene and there's only going to keep going up. The city is, is full with so much life and there's so many people that are dedicated to bringing it back to the greatness that it is. It's great, but there's only a, a level where it's just going to truly blossom and I'm thankful to be a part of that, and I'm just thankful for all those people that continually fight for the city and continue to elevate it. You know, what would you say to another neighborhood, another city, a small city, or even like a small community, you know, what would you tell them are lessons from Pontiac that, you know, like you said, yes, come down, back down. So... How would you tell them, you know, like if you were looking at someone in another city, in a small town, and they were going like, you know, they're trying to deal with this, how, what would you tell them are, you know, beginning steps that they can take to get that yak town don't back down spirit? All it takes is one person that is truly passionate about the city. It just starts with one, and that enthusiasm is contagious. So if you have one person, that is half the battle. You are ready to go. Um, from there, it is just keeping the passion going, inspiring people around you to be just as passionate as you are about your city, to believe in your city, to fight for your city, to really work hard to get other people on board, to allow things to force, to allow things to change. Every city has a unique vibe, I would say, throughout the state of Michigan, and it's just finding that vibe that you want to bring to life. And I think every city is important. Every city has a story. Every city has a theme. And it's just being able to bring those themes to the forefront and show that it is important, that it's meaningful, and that you want to know about the city. And there is nothing that you can't do without passion, determination, fortitude to stick with it, and just to not give up even when things are uncomfortable, even when you things think things are, are not going the way it should go. But you're constantly planting seeds. And, and I have a friend who's a farmer, and, you know, I, I've seen him do the preparatory work in farming and you're planting the seeds and you're tending to those seeds. But over time, as you nourish those seeds, you may not see what's happening, but eventually 
it's going to blossom. Eventually, there will be fruit that's there, and you're going to reap those benefits. So sky's the limit for any city right now that is going through change, going through a shift, going through uncertainty. I'm excited for you. I believe every city can come back, Mm -hmm. but it just takes passionate people to keep going on that journey. You know, um, I knew how I was feeling, and I put this ask out to people and, you know, to be a part of the show, to come back and talk about exactly what you're doing. What made you say when you got that ask from me that, you know what, this is something I want to be a part of. I've got something that I want to say that I think needs to be out there. For me, the world of journalism was always appealing to me because you have the capability to be the voice for the voiceless, the voice for those that are not able to share those stories. You're the person that can fight for injustice. You're the person that can shed light on things that are not being told, those narratives that are not being shown. So for me, it's important to share stories. It's important to highlight communities. It's important to share things not only within the community, but also through the state, throughout the world. Uh, I think there's some things that need to be told. I think there's stories that need to be shared. And I just think if it just takes one person with enough courage, uh, a little bit of crazy, a little bit of, of <laughs> funk in them to, to go through with this and to stand out and just to say what needs to be said and, and to have that faith to keep the story going. And I think that's what makes the the journalism you know, person or the journalist um, a really good person for this because it's like you want to know. For me, I'm always want to know. There's always something to understand. There's always another reason. If you go deeper, there's always an underlying message. And I just want to share those things and to shed light on things. And in that process is just helping people to be the best that they can on this journey of life. And that's something that I've always been passionate with and and just to be able to share that is something that truly makes me happy that's great you know i i value you and i think it's just so great that you were one of the first people to respond and i just sort of think that it's so important at this time you know you're not saying like oh just don't worry about it you know that it's real that we have to deal with what's going on but, you know, we are so much bigger than, than this virus. And I think that, you know, that's why I so appreciate your voice and that you were right there. Like I said, you were right there, you got it, and you did it. Uh, Elizabeth, I want to thank you so much for being a part of this. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So um, I know that we are going to have more stories to tell. As we go along, um, I will probably be getting back with you. But, again, I want to thank you for being a part of this, for being here today. Do you have any last words you want to share with with the world? (laughs) Yes. Um, I just want to take this time to let people know that I feel everything that you are going through right now. I feel the good, the bad, the ugly. I feel the happy. I feel the sad. Um, I'm right there with you. Even as a yoga practitioner, yoga therapist, a journalist, even as all those things, I'm human too. So I I do understand what you're going through, but know that you are not alone, that we are all in this together, and that we will come through with this. Most importantly, I just encourage everyone out there to take care of themselves, to check in with your loved ones, to, to send words of encouragement to those who continually put themselves out there on a daily basis to save the lives of, of people that are going through um, through times where they might be sick or they're testing for COVID or they might even have COVID. Um, the other day I met an amazing lady, um, and it just so happened she had the same last name as me, Crenshaw, and she actually um, is a COVID survivor. She mm. um, um, she was actually at Beaumont in Dearborn, and I've heard her story, and it's just so amazing. She's been through so much, but she is a true survivor. And I just want to share that because, you know, sometimes we see so much negative things out there, 
but know there is some positive things. Know that this time it is challenging. I'm not saying that it isn't, but we will get through this together. Remember that that fear is not a place within us to take those moments, those times out for you, and to really do those checkpoints for loved ones, for friends and family. Um, Before I close, I just have to say a big thank you to you, Michelle, for having me. And I just want to say thank you to every single person out there that is working around the clock to help other people make sure they're taken care of during this time of need and this outbreak for those who are in the medical field, law enforcement, for those that are Mm -hmm. in grocery stores and essential employees right now and our government and our leaders. I just want to thank you. And I appreciate everything that you're doing. And we stand with you during this time. We are going to get through this, and I love you guys. Be blessed. Oh, I love you too. I mean, thank you. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thank you for all you do and all I know that you're going to continue to do and being a part of the community. We will talk again. I want you to stay well, keep telling those stories and hearing those stories because, you know, sometimes that's the big help to let someone be able to tell you their story, and I know that you're doing that. Um, still got my yoga mat. One day, you yeah. and me. <laughs> we will do it. We we'll have to do some like skyping. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. I would love to. We'll keep you going through this time. <laughs> okay. Well, look, you enjoy right. the rest the rest of your day, and thank you again. Thank you so much. Have a great day. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Mm-hmm. I want to thank my guest, Pontiac, Michigan resident, Elizabeth Crenshaw. Pontiac is pulling together to support one another during these challenging times. Elizabeth believes it's time to tune into ourselves mentally, physically, and emotionally. Be sure and follow Collections by Michelle Brown Blog Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And let us know if you have a suggestion for a guest or topic for a future show. You can listen to this or past episodes of a show on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or Blog Talk Radio. Join us next week when I'll introduce you to another amazing individual living between the lines, standing boldly in the crosshairs of air intersectionality, and creating change right here on Collections by Michelle Brown. Thank you for listening.